Hey, what's up, Black Knight Nation? It's Sal and Terminata. We're here uh, on a Tuesday night, and we have a special uh, co-host tonight, Kel Walker. Um, in for in for Steve Anderson. Steve Anderson's got some uh, f- family matters to deal with, and uh, we're gonna break down the Liberty win for Army, and we're also going to uh, man, we're gonna talk about these Army Navy jerseys, Kel, and we're yes, also sir. gonna talk about the craziness of college football with the with these uh, co- the coaches moving to. Uh, new schools and uh, things that are opening up there too. Um, podcast is uh, brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a, a company ran by Joe Ross, is a former Army fullback. He's a former Army assistant coach and his former Army uh, officer. We appreciate Higher Echelon sponsoring this podcast. Guys, if you have any questions tonight, if you're watching this podcast right now, you have any questions for Keller I about Army football, please send them in the in the comments uh, and, we'll, and we'll get to them. And also um, – you can check us out on Black Knight Nation on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Um, give us a like. Um, we have a bunch of podcasts. The last podcast we had, Pel, uh, Kel, was uh, Pete Dawkins. We had Pete oh, Dawkins yeah, on here. Friday morning, 10 a.m., we had the 1958 Heisman Trophy winner on for a good the solid legend. 20 minutes. The first cap in uh, All-American football star Heisman Trophy winner. Like, yeah, Pete Dawkins. That's, great. That's crazy. Man, when I see Pete, right, when I see Pete Dawkins, he's still going to attending games, right? And I guess yeah. the last time he was at West Point, Bill Murray, the actor, was there with him. And he and there's a picture that. of, like, Mike Buddy, the athletic director. There's a picture of uh, Pete Dawkins and Bill Murray in one, in, in, in one uh, selfie, so to speak. And I'm like, that's, a, that's crazy, man. So. That's a legendary photo. I know you were nervous interviewing Pete Dawkins. I would have been nervous, to be honest. You, you, you could see it a little bit. I was. And so yeah. so Steve handled a lot of the questions. I'll let Steve mm-hmm. handle a lot of the questions. And I <laughs> I asked – I don't even remember. I asked him, like, one question. You know, yeah. I, I've seen him on the sidelines and games and talked to him mm-hmm. for, like, a hand – that's the longest I've ever talked to Pete Dawkins, obviously, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. Just, hey, how's it going type thing. I mean – Great to have a guy like that visible in the program and somebody to look up to, too, right? right. I mean, for the younger yeah. players and for the current players, right? I right. mean, when you when you were a player, right? I mean, I'm sure there's guys that have passed through the former players that maybe it, it, 1958 undefeated season. That's like <laughs> that's the glory days of Army football, right there. So. It is, it is. But I think I think now the glory days too. I think uh, Coach Munkin they they uh, rebranded the program, and I think. Obviously, football back then it was it was a lot narrower, narrower. It was a narrow road of football. A lot of teams yeah. weren't competing. Uh, I mean, it was in between wartime, so uh, you got a lot of people in service. A lot of college athletes that actually couldn't play. But now, you know, I think uh, we'll see Army football be back on top. Uh, and Pete, Pete's a great guy because even when he's on the sideline of the games, he's he's in he's in warm up lines with us, and all he says is, "Have a day." You know, what I mean, he he said so monotone, so so well mannered. He just said, "Have a day." I believe in you. That's it, and that's a lot of encouragement, especially from a Heisman Trophy winner. So, and first captain at West Point. Let me tell you that. That's all you need, right? Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need. That was a Rhodes Scholar, man. I mean, enough yeah. said. Enough yeah. said. Um, so, what did you think about the Liberty win on uh, Saturday? Um, you know what? Quite honestly, there was some stuff going on in my house. I'm free getting ready for the Christmas tree already in late November, yeah. and I was in and out of the first quarter, and that's where Army kind of really set the tone for this game, right? Yeah. I mean, they got up a little early and uh, had a great first half, for sure. Yeah, well, I watched the game in El Paso with some uh, former teammates of mine. Um, 
Rod Stoddard and Glenn Coates. We watched the game together. And we kind of said that Army kind of needed to make a statement for this game because I think uh, the, the morning, Friday morning or Friday afternoon, they were, they were playing an Army song. Uh, Liberty was playing an Army song, trying to make a mockery out of it. And the boys don't really – we don't really respond to threats like that very well, you know. And you can see that with any game that we come to uh, and go into. So, um, yeah, I think they needed a strong win over Liberty. Liberty is a great team. Uh, they got great athletes, and they got a great head coach. They play for each other. They play together. And their quarterback is phenomenal. Phenomenal. He had an arm. And I think we just needed to come in this game and solidify ourselves. And the defense did that right off the bat. And the offense, I pretty much – we ran with it. We just opened yeah. it up off the gates. We ran with it, and the guys had fun doing it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little crazy with uh, Hugh Freeze of Liberty going for it on fourth down the way he did in the first half, and the defense you, was up. You're talking about the, is that the is that the punt fake that he tried to do? Oh, he tried that one, too. But they went for yeah, it a yeah. couple times, too, and it was just yeah. like Army kind of – I think three or four times in the first half, Army stopped them on fourth down. That wasn't including a pump fake, a punt fake. Okay. It, and you know what, um, man, I might as well talk about it now. That punt, that punt fake that Bo Nicholas Paul picked off, right? Yeah. I mean, Bo Nicholas Paul is a guy that I don't talk about a lot on this podcast, but I talk mm-hmm. about him a lot with people around Army football that are fans. Right. And he's a guy who I was just waiting to make a play, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. He had a good spring. I thought he'd get some uh, playing time this season. Then um, he's gotten a little bit in the rotation with, you know, Julian McDuffie out and Cam yeah. Jones out. And then he makes that play. I mean, that's a game changer right there. You know, you're up three nothing and, uh, yeah. you know, they, they tried to pull a fast one on you and Bo wasn't happy. Yeah, they so. did. I think that's a true testament, though, to the next man up because, I mean, they had a star cornerback, Julian McDuffie. Um, unfortunately, he suffered an a injury. And, you know, when it's ready, when it's your time to shine, you got to step up to the plate. And I think Bo did that. And he had a chip on his shoulder, at, like any competitor would in college football, especially when we were saying he should have gotten uh, rotated in a little bit more, but he didn't. So once you finally get that chance to actually come in, you have a chip, you have a chip on your so- shoulder. And the epitome of that is Bo and Elijah Riley, for, former quarterback, I mean, cornerback as well, who finally get to start at, for the Jets. And he has a chip on his shoulder going hard right now. So, I oh, yeah. think uh, I think you're gonna see a lot more of Bo. I think he's agile. I think he's you can put him anywhere too. He's malleable. You can you can put him in any situation. He's and um, he's he might bend, but he won't break at any time. Yeah, I mean he was making some special teams uh, plays in the, in, mm-hmm. in this winning streak, this four game winning streak that his Army's on. Yeah. And uh, in the spring, I mean he was uh, talking to the media, and he just had this one thirty second bite that I posted on Twitter and it was just about, I I mean, that was crazy. It almost went viral to be honest with you. You know, he's a guy, you know, who like you, Kel, a guy who who you got, we got to get, got to talk to a little bit more, you know, you got to talk to a little bit with this guy because he, he just, um, like you said, he has this um, swag. He has a little swag, Bo Nicholas. He does have swag. He does have swag. And I'm pretty sure you get that from his family, his city. Um, and he get that from people that he grew up with and the people that he around now, but uh, he does have swag, and yeah, absolutely. The people that he hang around now on the team, because you know we are a brotherhood. Everybody on the team has swag, and I think he like just emphasizes that a little bit more and brings that to light a little bit more. Yeah, Bo Nicholas Paul, we're gonna give Hillside, New Jersey, a shout out. Um, that's yeah, where he, that's where he's from. That's where that's <laughs> where he's from. 
<laughs> you know, Jersey, Jersey guy myself. I have to give the shout out to you know. You, you had John Trainer with you, right? John Trainer played yeah, with you. John yeah. Trainer was you know a guy. I always say that Army needs to recruit needs to recruit New Jersey as much as they can because there's a lot of talent in that state, and yeah. um, you know a lot of um, Power Five programs are vying for that talent. But there's yeah. guys like John Trainer and Bo Nicholas Paul that you can get in the program. I'm sure I'm missing um, Isaiah Alston too. Isaiah Alston is a New Jersey guy too. Yeah. So that's a guy who's definitely making a difference with this team this year. So um they're doing a good job of getting some Jersey talent in there. Enough of that. Um man, they got um Christian Anderson, right? Throwing yeah. the ball. UMass didn't look so good. Um yeah. Liberty, three for three right away. Getting those getting those pass. I think he had a Tyrell Robinson had a 51 yarder. Um the yeah. Brahe Murphy. Touchdown pass, 34 yards. I mean, how do you think he looked in this Liberty game? Uh, I think Christian Anderson looked good. I think he looked poised. Um, that's something that, from the quarterback position, I think uh, Kelp Hopkins probably could have a little bit more to take on that. But I think he looked poised. I think he had a chip on his shoulders, too. I think he carried himself well. And he led the team well. And all plays, you know, I attribute, I attribute those, those plays of throwing and catching plays to Christian Anderson being able to drop back. And actually giving him time to the old line, giving him time to throw the ball and to read his options. Um, Christian being po- poised and actually being confident in his throws. And also Brent Davis for drawing up those plays. And also the players, the slot backs or the wide receivers who actually um, made their man miss or move on them to get in that open space. I think they all worked collectively together in order to make those plays and make those touchdowns. And that's what we want to see because we know if – if Chris, you know, if Christian had a bad game that day, if he, you know, if he wasn't focused in the game, if he wasn't leading the way he was supposed to, or if we called the wrong play, if the slot back didn't make a move, it would never work as beautifully as it did. So I think it started from Brent Davis and the offensive coaches, and then it trickled down to Christian Anderson because they gave him that confidence to play how he played. And we saw the best of Christian Anderson last week, last weekend. We saw him at his element. We saw him at his best. He was thriving in an element where he could actually run the ball and he could actually throw the ball. And the coaches gave him that confidence. And through that confidence, he gave it to the other players in which they can make their plays and make their moves and get an open space. So Christian is definitely a great leader and great, great quarterback. And he showed it last weekend. The strides he's made, right? And I, I look yeah. at, you know, back in the day, and I've been around the program a lot. And back in the day, you know, Army quarterbacks, this is pre probably Munkin. Their progressions were pretty much you knew who the, what receiver they were going to throw to, right? The play was designed to go one way. Um, right. And if that receiver was covered, the ball was thrown anyway, you know? Right. And now to see Christian Anderson progress to maybe your, the second choice or even the third choice sometimes in the yeah. progressions is pretty impressive. And that, I think, you got to give the quarterback's coach really credit there, I think. Cody Worley and even uh, Coach uh, Brent Davis to the offensive coordinator, right, for working with Correct. these guys, because that's something that wasn't in this Army offense in the past. I mean, probably when Kelvin gets there, it probably it, it probably is there, but before Kelvin, probably not. I mean, so they've done a really good job with the quarterbacks and working on the passing game. You know, Kelly, you can attest to this. I mean, it, we, I've been at practices too. Yeah. People think you guys just run them. Um, you know, 99.9% option plays, you know, during yeah. practice. Now, you put a lot of work in in, in, in the passing game. Uh, yeah, we do. I mean, spe- yeah, especially in practice, you know, we're going to Skelly or doing other things like that, like one-on-ones no matter what. 
I think the quarterbacks always um, have an emphasis of, you know, throwing the receivers in space, trying to get us in space, looking at second options. And it started, you're right, it didn't start. It started when Munk, Munkin got to West Point um, and we started seeing success because after we started seeing success, I think these other teams started to realize that, okay, these boys can play. So when you in a throwing situ- obvious throwing situation, you have to practice this in practice. Like you have to get the O-line on board for them to block and create space for in time for the quarterback. And you have to allow your quarterback to make second or third reads. And we saw it in Temple game 2017 when Kevin Hopkins came there with one minute left in the game. Oh, yeah. And he was making the second and third check. He was throwing check downs or making second, third reads. Um, Cause that, that comes with success. So the more that we have success, the, the more these teams start to game plan for our throwing ability. And we have to practice this and, and, and practice. So it's a huge testament to the players and how hard they work. And it's a huge testament to the coaches actually seeing that and seeing the success that we had and started to practice that of practice. Yeah, you know, um, I hear a lot like when after post game press conference, well, tell us about the play, right? Correct. And if it's a passing play, you hear like the quarterback, either Jabari Laws or mm-hmm. Christian Anderson or Tahir Tyler say, Well, we practice this, right? We practice this all week. Well, that means you're practicing it not once, not twice, right? I mean, you're going over it enough times to where it, it becomes like almost academic and just natural, right? I mean, it's not like, right. Hey, we practice this um, Thursday uh, during Skelly. No, you're you're working on it through the week and maybe in the past week too, they might be saving the coaches could be saving a play, right. That they might not call um, in, 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 in the game practice week. And then the following week you work, still working on it. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, practice makes perfect. We always talk about, I know it's a cliche, but practice makes perfect. And the best, you know, coach Ward harped on that one when I was a player and I'm pretty sure he still does this with the slides. And we talk about leaving on time. We talk about executing our routes correctly. We talk about practicing, executing things so many times. We might do. We might do it like two thousand times in a week, you know, and just to get it perfect. And he would always play us this video of Marvin Gaye. I heard it through the grapevine, and he's singing a cappella, and he's stopping. He's he's stopping his voice, and he's going back where the beat should be. You know what I mean? It's 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 those small details. If you keep continue to practice that, you're gonna get it right on cue every time. So. You know, what I mean, of course, these guys going here and practice this two thousand times a week, uh, running the same play, and obviously Munkin. Let's talk about Munkin. He he's gonna get it right. If it doesn't look right, he's gonna get it right, no matter what. No doubt. I mean, that's a great story with Tucker Wall and uh, heard it through the grapevine. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that one, man. Uh, um, I guess so. You we talked about the offense a little bit. Jacoby Buchanan's really come on in the last couple weeks. I mean, fire those Buchanans. That is true. Uh, shout out to Ross Tucker, right, for that one. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's hard. Um, man, uh, he's he's really picked it up. No Anthony Atkins against Liberty. Uh, right. So so was Kay Bernard and um, Jacoby getting most of the carries at fullback. Mm-hmm. And he's a, that dude's a workhorse, right? And, I mean, you look at people that just bounce off him. You know, just mm-hmm. they bounce off uh, Jacoby and uh, just hit his physical style, right? I, I mean – he, he reminds you a little lot of the Darnell Woolfolk, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, he does. He does. I was about to say that. They both run with their pads low, and they both run leaning forward. You know what I mean? If you – I mean, I'll be scared to be a defender, obviously. I know there's a lot of times where I had to go block for Darnell in the inside, and sometimes I get trampled over, and that hurt. Like, it hurt. 
You know, what I, mean? I next morning I'd be hurting. So it's the same for we call him. I called him Biscuit back in the day. I call him Biscuit when I was a player. But it's it's the same for Jacoby. Um, he runs with his pass low and he runs forward. And I feel like defenders really underestimate his ability to run through him. But also, he's fast on his feet. He's not a slow guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just like Darnell Wolfolk. But they're two different players. I think Jacoby's bringing it to a new height. Every every generation is going to be a, a player who takes it to the next height. And that's what Jacoby's doing. He's fast. He's physical. He's agile. I feel like you put him at any position, to be honest, to me, because he's so quick on his feet. But he runs for it. He leans forward for that extra one yard, and he fights for that extra one yard. He's tough. No yeah, defense think, can compete with that. I know that going into that game, he had picked up 12 12- fourth down he converted 12 fourth downs on the season going into that game i think he had a couple more against liberty so but then you think of he's you think of him okay he's a short yardage guy right but he's Mm. so much more than that right he's so much more than like just hey let's bring him in on third down to get a yard let's bring him in on fourth down if you need him to carry the load at fullback he can certainly do it he showed it last year right against air force i believe he had that last drive He, he, Mm. he really was key in that so um you know Going into this Navy game, I mean, when you could put Jacoby Buchanan in the backfield and say, okay, guys, you block him up front, It's a, you know how physical these Army-Navy games are, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. he seems like a perfect guy to have on, on your offense. And, um, right. you know, the offensive line, Cal, I don't know if you, you can watch that closely during the Liberty game. They're playing, they're playing well, and I think Connor Bishop at center is really, you know, he returned a couple games ago due to injury. Uh, he was yeah. out. A bunch and now he's back and i mean coaches go over tape and they had him for 17 knockdowns in the yeah. game against liberty when you're talking that's your center that's pretty impressive and uh he seemed to be uh he's solidifying that offensive line and they're having right. pretty much the same five to seven guys play they got a good rotation going up there they're keeping guys fresh and so right. i think i think it's working and you're gonna need those guys no doubt as healthy as possible heading into this navy game right yeah i mean you are but you know, center is one of those positions where it's like the quarterback position, right, of the team. Or center is a quarterback position on O-line. Your center is the captain of that O-line, you know. He takes control and command of that whole line and he, he makes people want to work harder. So I think that's exactly what he's doing. He's competing at a level where he wants everybody else to compete with him. And that's what you want on your O-line. That's what you want as a captain on your O-line, somebody a senior on your O-line or somebody that's, that has experience playing that position. You want somebody that's going to take the command, just like a quarterback in a huddle or whatever, you know? So he's definitely playing at a high level. To harp on Jacoby again, I think a lot of people may think he's a short down back only because we're not really an offense who pride ourselves on footwork. You know, we, we're an offense who pound and play, pound and play. If we can't get every, if we can get two yards every play to get a first down, every three yards every play to get a first down, we're going to do that. So we don't really pride ourselves on footwork. Um, and you know, as a, at the fullback position, making people miss, he's gonna run through you. So oftentimes, it's three people trying to tackle him, and that fourth person come tackle him. But if you give him just a little space, a little crease, he's gonna take off. It's touchdown. It's yeah. open season for him. So you know, and that's all he needs is that little space. He's not a slot back. He's he's a fullback. He no. needs that little space, and he's gonna take off touchdown. If if you're uh, watching us here, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to post them for Kel and I. We'll answer them. Um, so so we talked about you know the offense a lot, the defense. We talked about their fourth down stops, but you know 
I, I wrote on the website about Andre Carter, right? You look at the stat line for the Liberty game. He had one tackle, no yeah. sack. But his yeah. impact on the game, you can't really measure it through stats because he had Willis thinking – he was in Willis's head a lot in that game. Yeah, I was. thought – I don't know I don't know what you thought. I thought he was in his head. He had Willis on the move. And it seemed like Willis was uncomfortable a lot of the times when uh, – yeah. I, I don't know how many quarterback pressures Andre Carter had. But it's, it looked like it was close to double digits in the in, in this game. Well, it's senior day, you know, senior day for Willis, right? Senior day for Liberty. Um, he's a senior, senior quarterback. I felt like, and I heard the commentator say this throughout the whole game, he felt like he had to put the team on his shoulder for some reason. And when you coming in, you playing one of the top leading, you know, uh, defenders in the nation who has, like, one of the top sacks in the nation, like, you, you're going to be a little nervous. So now you got to – now you start second-guessing your ability – to actually perform, he tried to put a team on his back. His senior day, you mix all those things together. Like, I feel like he was anxious as well. I feel like he was nervous. He made a lot of bad reads. He made a lot of he thrown a lot of bad balls and made a lot of bad decisions because of those things. Um, as far as Andre Carter, you know, I think he did his job this game. I don't think he necessarily outperformed his ability like he'd done in past past games or throughout the season, but he did his job this game. Yeah. He, he 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 put pressure on the quarterback when it was necessary and it was due, and it, and it caused a quarterback, Willis, to to make mistakes. So, I mean, he in my book, he gets 100% for that, you know. No doubt. And um, so Willis, um, yeah, his receivers dropped a lot of passes at the end of that game, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. but also at the end, he kind of lost his cool. I mean, he threw yeah. the interception at um, Jabari Moore. Um, yeah. Jabari Moore went down to a knee. He didn't want, you know, giving himself up. And he kind of like – just touched him, I guess, on the shoulder. Um, an army brother, of course, is gonna get, you know, say, Don't yeah. touch my guy, you know, and that yeah. starts, you know, some stuff. And you know, Bo Nicholas Paul, he hit in the back. Bo Nicholas Paul had his back turned and Willis threw, I guess, a you consider that a punch that he threw uh Kelly Thinker now. Uh I don't consider it a punch. Um, more of a push but, or I don't know. Yeah, more of a more of a push, but he definitely lost his school. He took his anger out and frustration out on the army players because Let's be honest, our defense was whooping him the whole game. Like, our whole team was whooping him the whole game. So, he definitely took his anger out on that. But also, I felt like he was just – he was frustrated with himself. So, he had to take it out on other people, really. And to contest to, you know, the interception of the bar, Jabari Moore, that was a that was a terrific play on Jabari Moore. He came back to the ball. And if you, if you actually watch the film, you'll see that the wide receiver didn't come back to the ball at all. It's just it's just a tell of two guys, opposite sides of the ball, who wants it more. I don't think it was necessarily a bad throw by Willis. I yeah. just think that the wide receiver didn't want it. I think they gave up by the end of the game, and Jabbar Moore won it because that's what we that's what we're told to do. That's what we practice for. We play to the last whistle, yeah. you know. And Jabbar Jabbar Moore came and, and came and made a terrific play. Well, he's closed out two wins now, right? He he closed yeah. out that Air Force win with the big knockdown in the end zone, and then he has mm-hmm. the interception against Liberty. Let's see what he's got in store for uh, Navy right next Saturday at MetLife yeah. Stadium. I mean, that's gonna that now. I guess we could let's move on from the Liberty game and let's talk okay. about this week, right? This week, the, the jerseys are released for the Army Navy mm-hmm. game, and um, so Army puts theirs out yesterday, and yeah. the Special Forces Command. Are 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 the um, in tribute to the special forces command? Yeah, and yeah. what do you what do you think about those jerseys? Uh, I guess United We Stand will be on the yeah. back of the jerseys. Which I yeah. mean, when it's the twentieth anniversary 
of uh, 9-11 earlier this year. Um, yeah. They're playing the game in New Jersey, very close to, to yeah. New York City. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you think about the jerseys? Uh, from an aesthetic point of view, I think the jerseys are dope. <laughs> I think – I love them. I wish I could play. I wish I could suit up one more time just to play in the jersey. I'll stand on the sideline if I could just put it, put the jersey and the uniform on. But I think they're beautiful. I think the accents with the brown and and with the kind of like the light light brown and a, and a beige. I think they're beautiful. I think they represent um, a lot about this nation and and about the men and women who are called to take the task of our nation to defend our nation, uh, not in nine eleven. So yeah. But it's it's dope to me. Is is I like it. I like the concept and I like the unit. I like who they pick this time because usually we pick units from like or two or or one. And it's just like, you know, the players like, you know, I wouldn't even a lot. I wouldn't even a thought. And I wouldn't even a tweak on my dad's item, but this is something that this represents our generation, our era. Just something that happened when we were alive. We saw, you know, a lot of people's fathers might have been in service, mothers have been in service when they were called to defend this nation. So this is something that can hit home. We got a lot of we got a lot of guys from New York. Uh, we got a lot of guys from New Jersey. And you know, we might have guys from DC where the Pentagon was hit. So it's like this is this is this is something that we can say is ours. And I feel like the old grass in the past twenty years, those guys who was out there fighting like um like uh, Will Huff and all these guys like and Jim Slomka, you know, these guys who graduated after yeah. and was actually in a fight for for in this era of this war can actually be proud of and say, like, that's the Army team. It represents something that we actually lived, saw, and fought in. So I think it's still Great point. You know what? I like the helmets. The helmets really yeah. stand out to me. I mean, that's something different. The design of the helmets is something different than what we've seen yeah. with these uh, alternate uh, Army Navy jerseys had an Army side, right? There's yeah, actually yeah. some design to them this time, yeah. and I think that really stands out too. Yeah, that camel, I like that. Yeah, that, that's like that's that. that's good stuff. Um, what was your favorite jersey to wear in an Army Navy game? Would you say? Uh, honestly, <sighs> the cop out is the command uh, Pando Commando. Yeah, the that's white the yeah. cop out. That's yeah. the cop out. But that's I would say Navy. honestly. It's the big red one. The big red one was my favorite jersey to wear. I think that was the best. What for any reason or just? Um, I think uh, everybody just looked clean, and you know, you know what I'm saying. Like everybody just looked clean. I think it fit, it fit us perfectly in the design of it. It was accents of red, um, and we just looked like a bunch of ballers on the field. We was ready to yeah. play because everybody looked good. We felt good, and that game it was a fight down to the last whistle. And everybody across the board, the whole team make made plays. You know, even guys that didn't even get a chance to make plays during the whole season. I think that whole year was was a great year for the program, and we were actually solidified as a, as a brotherhood. So the Big Red Run kind of put a cap on that season. Did you check out Navy's uh, jerseys today? Yeah, I checked them out. <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> I think uh, I, th- I forgot who tweeted it out. Somebody tweeted. It. I think it's uh, Barstool. Arnie yeah, Barstool Cap- probably Captain Cons Connor Crean had something right. Yeah, they said it was it. like the the uh, the the patriotic popsicle where it was like real. <laughs> <laughs> to me, you know, uh, yeah. when I look at that jersey, I think that they're almost. It's got a little Air Force in it, man. It does have a little Air Force in it. To me, it does have a little I Air mean, Force in it. 
Got a little Air Force. And it seems like Air Force wore a version of that jersey get when they played Navy, maybe. I don't know. It's you know, I don't think when you go Nike for Army, right? And you go Under yeah. Armour for Navy, there you go. You know, I yeah. mean I, I they try. They try, right? I yeah. mean it's there's an attempt there, but I mean I saw um Cameron Kinley, right? He played for Navy. Uh, I think it, last year was his last season. He mm-hmm. he got a shot with the Buccaneers um, in the preseason camp, and yeah. he had like um, a tweet out there. This is how it's done, or you know, adding like army equipment and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think you're gonna win this one, buddy. I mean, no, not, not, not because I represent. You know, uh, we cover army football here at the yeah. Black Knight Nation, but man, I don't know how you can say your jersey's more tighter than <laughs> the it's United We Stand. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think the best Navy jersey, from my opinion, was 2019 season. Okay. I think I think that was their best. Out of four years that I played and the five years that I've been in the West Point community, I think yeah. the 2019 jerseys and the whole uniform was the best I, I've seen. I'm um, not really – I'm not really the – the historian when it comes to these jerseys, but what's the, they had a year where they had like boats on their helmets, didn't they? Or something like, like that or aircraft. Did they do that? I don't know. Yeah. I they, they, yeah. I think they did that. You know, when we read, when we wore the big red ones, they had, uh, they were in the white uniforms with the, with the, it looked like lightning bolts everywhere on the helmet. It was like blue and gold. Yeah. And then the next year, my senior season, it was like, uh, Kind of like a, a blue jersey with the it was like a, a old school throwback jersey with the stripes yeah. going down with the yellow pants and they had a cool helmet. Um, I think they had the boat on there actually. Two thousand and seventeen, I want to say. Maybe I don't know. I just remember yeah. like that was. I mean, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather just go with the traditional helmet if I'm going to do that. But that's or like what you get, what Army's doing this year with the camo helmet. I think that yeah. really works with the yeah. really matches up with the uniform. And uh, man, it's certainly not about the jerseys when they take the field on next Saturday, right? Kel, you can attest to that. Wow. The jerseys mean nothing. The jerseys are yeah. good for the week before, right? Mm-hmm. Talk, yeah. but all of that talk is over with next week when you start preparing mm-hmm. for the game. I thought that Jeff Munkin said uh, yesterday during his press conference that this was a week where you know. You kind of get want to heal the team up, so to speak. You're not going to go hard every day. You, you might not even practice every day. Is that kind of how this week was for you guys that you remember the week before Navy? I mean, were you, were you constantly on the field running plays or were you guys kind of a little bit lifted maybe in the film room getting doing doing that kind of th- stuff? Um, it, it differed every year. So, you know, my plebe year, we were grinding, pound, pounding, 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 pounding. We were grinding. Um, we didn't really, I think that was a year, it was 2016. I don't think really analytics and stuff like that started to come out about, you know, practicing at a certain amount of time or, you know, giving the body time to rest or heal. I think that we were just trying to make a statement and everybody was on board with that from the coaches to the players. We didn't care. We went into Army Navy sore and we came out victorious. So, but as the years go on, I think the coaching staff, they got better at allowing us to rest up and heal, especially those players that's, that's, that play a huge role into the game, in the game. They gave us chances to heal. And I mean, we had guys, I mean, one year we had guys getting injured with ACL tears because we were going hard before Army Jeez. Navy, you know? So yeah. we had to run, we had to learn from our mistakes. And I think Coach Muck is doing a great job of doing that. He has to give them time to heal. 
because this game, we all know, this game is a physical game. No matter if Navy was zero and ten right now, zero nine, whatever, and we're yeah. we're undefeated, it's going to come down to the last whistle because that's our that's our style of offense. We both carry the ball and we both have possession time. So he has to give these players time to heal, and I think he recognizes that. Yeah, and you, you look at, like, we talk about how physical the game is, right? And I thought that the Liberty game was pretty physical for Army. I saw a couple guys get a little banged up in that game. Yeah. So, I mean, those guys, and there's, like, you talk about, like, an Anthony Atkins who didn't play, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe this, this bye week helps him out a little bit, maybe get closer to being able to play against Navy. Because, I mean, you know, the records might be different, right? I think they're actually, um, I think Army's 8-3. and three. I think Navy's 3-8. and eight. So I think they're they're on a little opposite. I know Navy has three wins, um, so but they did play pretty well in their last game against Temple, and you know if if they can find the right mix, I mean you look at last year's game, um, that game's fifteen nothing, but yeah. I mean that game's close. And then was it Cedric Cunningham who caught the quarterback from behind? I think on a play that yeah. kind of stopped them from uh, scoring a touchdown, yeah. and Army had the goal line stand, and that totally changed the game around. So. Um, yeah. You know, that game is nip and tuck, and Army had a 9-1 season last year. So, I mean, the Army was probably the favorite last year and is the favorite this year. But, you know, it's going to be um, – I mean, you, you can attest to what the, these games are like. I mean, they're like yeah. – It's really who wants it more. That's Honestly, these games are brotherhood versus brotherhood. Who's willing to fight for their brothers harder than other team? You know, who's willing to lay down, bleed, and get back up and continue to go and continue to fight more than their opponent? That's what it's about. Who's going to represent, you know, our student section, our core cadets or our midshipmen? Who's going to represent our side better? You know, it's a, it's a huge rivalry. And honestly, I honestly got Army, I, not just because I'm an Army you know, alum or I, I play football Army, but I think they wanted more. I think they showed and proved themselves this whole season that we wanted more. This, yeah. you know, this side of the Hudson wanted more, you know. So I think it's going to be a good game. I get, you know, it's it, different at being at the being at MetLife Stadium hasn't been played there since 2002, I think. And you know, it's normally Army's hitting the road, right, and going down yeah. to Philadelphia. Sometimes the game's in Baltimore, and that's almost like a home game for Navy, pretty much, right? Right. right. For being so close. Well, now this game is where probably Army stays at the same hotel that they probably do, right, for home games. I bet you in yeah. this one, I, I I would guess that they would stay. Yeah, and that's probably like 20 minutes away from the stadium. So. Right. uh you know, that, that maybe it's some somewhat of an advantage for Army, and you look at um, you, know, you look at just like you said, I, I think I, I've been writing this a little bit, Kel. You know, they want to get to ten wins this season, right? Have another double digit winning season. Got to win this game, right? They had to w- win That's Liberty. It. They're 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 on a little bit of a streak. This mm-hmm. has been a season of streaks for them. Four in a row at the start, three in the middle, and now four in a row now. And let's see if they can keep it going and. You know, then we'll see where bowl game they're going to go to, right? Um, yeah, I have my thoughts on that, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, I hope, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope, I hope the boys get a, a better opportunity. I'm not, you know, I think the Armed Forces Bowl is a great host. I think that was a great um, a bowl to go to, but we've been there so many times. You know, I think I hope yeah. they get another opportunity to go somewhere else to showcase their talent, to experience another city, because and experience the bowl environment in a different city. I yeah, I agree. Did. I thought last year's game was pretty, even though they had a fight to get into a bowl game, right? I thought yeah. the Liberty Bowl was a different venue, right? It was right. a power five opponent in West Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hearing maybe the Gasparilla Bowl 
for Army. And you think about what what the heck is the Gasparilla Bowl, right? You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what it is. I'm gonna look it up now. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I think it's in the Tampa area. If I if I'm okay. correct, I know it's in Florida, and um, you know, I think it's gonna be two days before at the 23rd. I think the game's gonna be played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we see we've talked about this on other previous podcasts with uh, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, the you know, yeah. Armed Forces Bowl, the First Responder Bowl. Would they go back to Texas? They just played Air Force there. Do they want to go back to Dallas again and play? Well, I'm sure they'll they'll go wherever they, they get a bid, right? But I think, right. like you're right, I think if they can get to maybe Florida, right? right? I mean, Florida is a big place for them to recruit in that state, right? That would mm-hmm. be good to get play a bowl game. They've never played a bowl game in Florida, Army, to my knowledge. Um, yeah, no, we haven't. No, so that would be good. Um and, and we'll see what kind of opponent we get, uh, Army gets. I'd like to see them get a Power 5 team. You know, I really yeah. would. Uh, um, like a mid-major, you know, a group of five team, you know, like a, with all due respect, please, a MAC team that's six mm-hmm. and six, seven and five, uh, you know? No. Yeah. I, I think mean, all the teams that we played over the years that were great teams, you know, but I think Army's at a, at a point where they need that challenge in that bowl game. You know, like we, our freshman year, we played uh, North Texas. Yep. And what did we play? It was hard at Dallas Bowl. Yeah. And then our sophomore year, we played San Diego State at Armed Forces Bowl. Junior year, we played Houston Armed Forces Bowl. You know, like they're all good teams. Don't get me wrong. You know, yeah. they were all good teams. But I feel like Army is in need of that challenge, just like they were last year when they played, you know, West Virginia. It, brought, yeah, it brings out the best in competition. And, and with all due respect, too, it's also getting that now. Yes, they've had power five wins when Jeff Munkin's been there with, over Duke and the like, right? And Wake Forest, but maybe it's a I don't know, like trying to get over that hump, so to speak. I mean, that's one the yeah. one thing kind of missing is maybe now is are we going to play Penn State in the Gasparilla Bowl? Probably not, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, what I mean, because Penn State, right? They're, they're not. They're, they're they're right on the same they they received the same amount of points in the AP poll than Army did. Um, does that mean they're, the the bowl games are going to match them up? No, Penn State has name has a little bit more cachet, right? So they're, they're yeah. probably going to get. But something like that wouldn't be bad, you know, like a yeah. Big Ten team. Um, who knows? Maybe an SEC team. I I, I wish I, I I should do my homework better on what, who the Gasparilla <laughs> Bowl has ties with, you know. But it's a Gasparilla Bowl, man. Come on. So. I think. Uh... I think last so last year it was canceled. They didn't have it, but apparently they were slotted for South Carolina Gamecocks and then UAB. Right. Um, but it is in St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I would like to see them have uh, play an SEC team. That would be a, a huge challenge. Um, I don't think anybody in the SEC could really could really um, compete with. Any defense in the SEC can really compete with the way Army runs uh, the triple option. You yeah, know what I mean, the way we run the triple option versus Georgia Tech when they were triple option, they were playing SEC teams or they're in the ACC. You know, I think nobody can compete the way we run it. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, you hear all the talk about you know the college football playoff and stuff, but as you know, following Army, we'll find out uh, probably. I was hoping before Sunday when they had yeah. the kind of selection show, I, I was hoping that you find out before then who the opponent's going to be, but it might be on Sunday where, you know, the black Knights find out 
where they're going to go. I guess that's good because they'll know know before the Navy game, right? Um, but yeah. you know, like a, a Kentucky. I mean, I don't know. They're can, can, you're not going to get Kentucky, maybe Arkansas, maybe a team like that, maybe yeah, or Texas yeah. A&M. If you're going to get any team out of the SEC, as I was looking over the standings real quick. Well, um, you want to talk about this? What's going on in college football coaching? Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy the last couple of days where, you know, um, so Oklahoma's playing their rivalry game, I guess, against Oklahoma State. And a couple of days later, Lincoln Riley is the new coach at USC. And uh, yeah. last night goes down uh, Brian Kelly after, I think, 10 years at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's now Notre Dame's winningest coach. Mm-hmm. And he's going to LSU, you know, yeah. uh, and there's, it, it seems like a, it's a, it's a revolving door here and it's going to be interesting to see what the next move is. Cause right now Oklahoma doesn't have a coach, right. Um, yeah. Notre Dame, they say Notre Dame's going to hire um, the d- defensive coordinator and stay on staff, but mm-hmm. look at what Cincinnati's done with Luke fickle. Right. And you think that yeah. that guy deserves, you know, is going to be looking and he's going to be a prime candidate for these major jobs, man, the money that they're getting, Cal. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's, say, it, I think I'm in the wrong profession. Man. I think I'm in the wrong profession. I need to be a coach or something. It's 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 crazy, right? When you yeah, can ten million now that now it's these like um, lifetime contracts, and you know, if we can steer this a little bit in the direction of Army, I'll I'll speak on this and like Army fans, right? Every time a coaching vacancy it comes up in a Power Five school. Um, maybe not a top notch, you know, a top level power five school, but a power five school in a big time conference, you know, Jeff Munkin's name is going to be mentioned and army fans after, um, the, the dip in the waters at Kansas, um, recently, you know, want to say, Hey, give coach Munkin a lifetime contract, you know, um, give coach Munkin, um, these lifetime contracts are what like Lincoln Riley are getting and Brian Kelly are getting right. They're getting these 10 year hundred million dollar contracts um at these really major football quote factories i guess you know these these these, uh, football powers so to speak and i just don't know that's obviously not something that west point can do um but you know we we talked about a little bit that what coach munkin's done at west point and what he's accomplished there uh if you're an army fan He's, enti- he's entitled to look, you know, for for see what's out there, right? And, yeah. and he's entitled to what he's accomplished at West Point. And you know, would 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 it be great to have Jeff Munkin um, at West Point for the rest of his career? That would uh, Army fans would sign sign that tomorrow, you know, for that yeah. uh, because of everything he's accomplished and everything that this program has accomplished with him at it. But you know, I mean, it's it's a business college football, and these things it it's weird because. Who saw Lincoln Riley going to USA, right? Right. Who saw Brian Kelly going to LSU? Right. I'm just waiting for the next shoe to drop, so to speak. And I'm sure there's going to be some some dominoes, so to speak. And there's going to be some openings that create opportunity. So Yeah. I think if, if Munkin does leave, I think he would be leaving for to, to accomplish another challenge. I think he would be trying to tackle another challenge. Because I know he, I remember he was telling us a story where, you know, before he even – got the job at Army, he was telling some of his buddies that he was going to Army. And some of those guys kind of laughed at him. was like, don't do it. You know, some of the other coaches in the college football world, don't do it, don't do it. That's a dead-end That's a dead end job. Those guys can't win. 
he took it on he took that on as a challenge you know yeah. and he came up here and he came up to west point and changed the program the face of the program completely and turned it into a winning program every single year after his first year there so i think if he leaves he's probably going to be looking for that next challenge because he's a competitor he's a natural competitor you know he likes to win he loves to win and you know i think he wants to, if he does leave he probably won't be looking for something else to do it's not about the money i don't think it's about the money with coach yeah. I don't. I think he's, I think he's 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 okay. I'm not going. I'm not going to speak on his his pockets, but he's 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 okay. I think I think he's uh he's comfortable and he's a very humble guy. I don't think he's really chasing another check or the biggest check. I think he genuinely care about the guys, uh, you know, in his program. So, and care about his coaching staff. So I think if he leaves, it's just solely off him being a competitor and what he wants to fulfill another dream. It's something certainly to keep an eye on. We want to yeah. we want to have our focuses on Army Navy, right? We don't yeah. want to have to. Uh, I, I find myself uh, plugging the Twitter search Jeff Monk in uh, every once in a while just to see, you know, what's what might be going on. But um, yeah. now, I mean, this is the week to um, to get all that out of our system, and then next yeah. week, you know, it's it's Army it's Army Navy week, and uh, tomorrow there's a. a, a press day and media day down at uh, MetLife Stadium. Uh, Coach Munkin and the captains will be down there to to hype Mm -hmm. up the game. Uh, Those are always fun to attend uh, just to get both sides. And, and, you know, you really see the camaraderie between not only Army and the coaches and Army's players, but Navy and Army too. I mean, it's, we we can talk about this all day long and Steven, you have talked about this. It's a different ball game when it's Army and Navy than when it's Army and Air Force. Um, the respect, the relationship that Jeff Muckin has with Ken Niamatololo, right? Mm-hmm. The Navy coach, they're really good friends. And they're going to just it's, – it's like um, a fist fight, Coach Muckin yeah. almost describes it, right? But at the end, yeah. there's a lot of respect. And, you know, um, Kel, I remember uh, – maybe you could speak on this, and I, I didn't talk to you about this before the podcast, but I remember your senior year, right, mm-hmm. and the, the moments after the Army-Navy game. And uh, I remember, I believe it was Ivan Jasper, their quarterbacks coach, that came up to you and and had some you know positive words to say to you after that game. Yeah, that does not happen in rivalry games a lot. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, I don't know if you could speak on that, but that was just that. That was a moment where I felt like, man, yeah, Navy had won that game, but yeah. Jasper still, and I believe Jasper also back in the day with Trent Steelman also. Mm-hmm. Uh, can uh, consult Trent Steelman after the game. That's yeah. a lot of respect there. It is a lot of respect. You know, we spent, you know, the seniors that game and the seniors on the opposite side of the ball, uh, we spent four plus years trying to fight for each other and put our team on the map to be respected in the college football world. And I feel like we all did that. One team had to lose that game. And I think we still respected each other's game. It's not like it's Air Force. Air Force is, is they lack respect for army army culture army brotherhood and we've known that for years but you know it started at the top with the head coaches the two bosses up there being friends they've been in multiple places together other programs together and that just trickled down he you know coach monkey never said anything bad about navy but the fact that we had to beat those guys you know um so it's always been respect and i think um i think their coaches saw that in us and they saw it saw it in me um i was a guy who started early my career and played against them early in my career. So I think um, he was just giving respect, respect was due. And we all did the same to them too. We were sad about it, but at the end of the day, they, they beat us fair and square. They won it. They earned it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it just shows that it's just that this is different. I mean, and you see the polls out there sometimes. Uh, you know, what's the best college rival, uh, college football rivalry? And I mean, we might be a little biased, but right. I mean, you have personal experience through it, right? For four years, right. I covered it for 12, 12, 13 years. I've covered right. the games. I mean, go do an Army Navy game and experience right. college football in its purest form. That's all yeah. I have. To, that's all I can say. The best, the best part about an Army Navy game for me is the fact that you know a lot of these players, you know, come from, we all come from different backgrounds. You know, that's the beauty about college football. That's a, that's a beauty about a team. You get a bunch of people from different backgrounds come together and play together, and to see you know people who come from privileged, privileged backgrounds or who struggled in life to see their people at this game, to see everybody fill the stands and we all fighting for the same goal. I think that's the beauty about it for me. I always loved it. I always loved seeing my family in the stands and they saw the enjoyment in their face and saw everybody's family there. And it was the only game televised, you know, so America's watching us. People around the world are watching us, you know, and, you know, ultimately we fight for the same thing, but that's what I love about it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you can see that when you guys play that game, right. When you get into an end zone or when you make a play in the army Navy game, I mean, you're showing out and you know that the cameras, dude, you know, the cameras are on you. Right. And I mean, you're looking for the cameras and you're looking for just to show that emotion and what that means to you. Right. And then especially in touchdowns where you you guys have always had the the whole team run down, no matter if it's a one yard run or a 60 yard run, you know, everybody's doing this all right. That's what coach Munkin brought to this program too, to build that brotherhood up. It wasn't just the one person who scored the touchdown, right? It was the other 10 guys involved. And I think that that those, I mean, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, yeah, you could have the tsunami start, right. To get you guys all fired up and yeah, Yeah. the March ons and all that stuff. But when it gets down to um, the game and 60 minutes, I mean, it's one of the more physical football games of the season yeah. in college football. And it has a powerful meaning on both sides. And um, man, I tell you, I can't, I can't wait to get down to MetLife stadium next Saturday and be there. I mean, I used to have my, what I did every army Navy game, right? I used mm-hmm. to hit the tailgates first, run back, mm-hmm. watch the March on, go back to tailgates, look for some grads to talk to. And then, um, Actually, the last Army Navy game I covered was 29. I think it was tw- your senior year, actually, 2019. Yeah. And I was able to watch the game completely from the field. And oh, that was right. a perspective that I'd never gotten before. Always mm-hmm. watching from the press box. And sometimes the crowd's so loud, you don't know. You you have your head down, typing on your computer, and you might miss something. I didn't miss right. a thing that game. And that was just something that, you know, if, if like I said, if you, got, if you guys can um, – it's a bucket list item, no doubt, Army-Navy game. Yeah, and um, like we said, I think it'll be the same this year as it's been in a couple of years past where the game comes down, be a tight, uh, highly contested game. And, um, you know, of I course, hope it's um, not that way. I hope, I, hope, well, I hope it's not close. I hope it's not close. I hope the boys – I hope those boys go out there and just whoop Navy. That's what I hope. And um, it doesn't have to be close. You know, we got, it doesn't, we, no. but we have to, we have to fix some mistakes, obviously, because we all, we all know that the foolish penalties and stuff like that, that, that can cost us a game. But I think they're, they're well prepared and they're about to attack it. I've always, to hard back on uh, Ken and uh, Coach Munkin's relationship, I always describe the game as, you know, imagine like Central Park or something like uh, City Park or something. And you got the two old guys sitting down just playing chess against each other. 
And then, you know, there's two old guys playing chess against each other. They're on the opposite side of the field, just literally moving pieces on, on the field. And all their pieces are just slugging it out in the trenches. That's that's what the Army Navy is like for us. That's a great description. You know what I was going to say? I was going to say last year's game, 15. I'm going to say Army really hasn't had a kind of a blowout game in this series, yeah. right? But 15 nothing. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That I believe that's the first time um, Army had shut out Navy, I believe, in the series. Um, and, um, I mean, that's pretty much a, close, as close to a blowout in these games as you get to, to yeah. a point, right? I mean, yeah. so um, we'll see if Army can do the same thing. Offense is playing – has been playing well. Defense, you know, since – I wrote, Kel, since that Wake Forest game where they gave up 70, right? Yeah, the defense has given up 57 points in the last four games total. So I mean, That's it's definitely um, the message was was received. They right. got into the locker room after the game, and they made you've been in that locker room. They made a pact to each other that hey, we're not going to let the stupid penalties affect us anymore, and right. we're going to and, and, and we're going we want to win out. And so yeah. far, so good. Four wins since that game. Let's see if they can make it five against them. Uh, Navy, man, it's been fun breaking it down. So much good insight from you, Kel. Stuff that, Thank you know, you, dude, I can't provide what the stuff that <laughs> I can't provide that stuff. I can't provide Mar- Marvin Gaye, you know, heard it All through right. the grapevine. Where yeah. I, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I was a beat writer back then. I, I, I should have known that. That stuff is like inside <laughs> information, man. I appreciate you having me once again, man. It's always my pleasure. I love talking to you, um, and I'm willing to do it anytime, as long as you yeah. have me. So. No doubt, we're gonna call on you. So you got you, you best be ready. We're gonna call on you, call on you for uh, some breakdowns. I mean, because being an ex, being a former player, and being a, being a player that's been through this 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 a uh, coaching um, system with Munkin, I mean, you could provide insight that you, we can't get anywhere else. Simple as that. You know, we can't right. get anywhere else about what you you tell us about the quarterbacks, the slot backs, the running backs, the offensive line, and just the the locker room and stuff. So we appreciate it. Um, we're gonna sign off here, guys. If you wanna um, follow us on follow us on YouTube, our YouTube channel, Black Knight Nation. We're all over the podcast, you know, Apple Podcasts. You can hear Kel and I break down this. You can hear Kel, our, our um, interview with Kel Walker that we did earlier this year. Um, Pete Dawkins, Darnell Wolf. I mean, we get, yeah, we, we got we got some good podcasts, some good interviews, and we're gonna have some more coming up. We're working on a few more. Oh, by the way, um, I didn't even mention this man. He's one of your former teammates. I I, I should have mentioned this before. We're gonna have Andrew King on later in the week. Andrew yes, King, sir. um, Andrew King, we've had on before. He's in a uh, Fordham Law School right now, right? Former mm-hmm. Army captain. Well, he was involved in the uh, kind of the making of these uniforms. He yeah. was the guy. The pictures that you see of these uniforms, mm-hmm. Andrew King is wearing the uniforms in these pictures. So yeah, he was like, that. yeah, yeah. So we're going to have Andrew King on, uh, I think, Friday night, a little later yeah. Friday night. We're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about that two, big two, 2016 game, right, where you mm-hmm. guys broke the streak. Um, so we're going to have Andrew King on later in the week, and we're trying to get another guest um, on. I can't really announce it right now, but it's going to be a little bit more about the uniforms. So okay. we're going to talk, talk a little uniforms this weekend. Next week, um, we'll get on, we'll get on a couple more guests and Kel, thanks a lot. And we're going to do this again. And um, as, as usual, we'll sign off here and uh, maybe you could do the honors of signing off with uh, the two word the two words that army players are going to say a lot in the next two weeks. So. I'm going to give them four. Go army.
Be Navy. <laughs>